Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Today, I wanted to take a few minutes and really preach to you a more of a condensed sermon today because we've just seen the uh, condensed version of the Sowing and Reaping Report. But if you've got a Bible, in 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, 1 through 7, I shared this at our, first, um, our last first Thursday at the end of last month. And, um, and I'm really, really excited to share it with you today. It resonated with a bunch of people. And the message is called Finding the Edge. And I think it's a pertinent message for us coming out of the pandemic where we can start to really realize, man, maybe I'm a bit blunt spiritually. Maybe relationally I'm not in the right space. And so how can I sharpen that edge? How can I find the edge, so to speak? And 2 Kings 6, 1 through 7 says this. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, look, the place where we meet with you is too small. Let us go down to the Jordan where we can go to a place and we can find a new place where we can grab a pole and each of us can build a place there for us to meet. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut down a stick and threw it in the water and it made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to preach, to hear your word. Father, we ask that you would speak to people today, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. What a cool story this is. Uh, the prophet is uh, with the company of prophets, with his disciples, so to speak. And the place that they're meeting is too small. Uh, I believe that's a great prophetic word for the church, a prophetic word for our church that, um, you know, I, I guess online is limitless, isn't it? isn't it? But for every physical campus, that buildings would be too small as God's revival comes and people are being saved and we're having to go to multiple services to cater for all of the growth. And so they say, let's go down and grab a pole and build a place and cut down trees. And so they go and do that. And one of the, one of the prophets, he's cutting down a tree and then it flies off the axe head and the Bible says that it lands in the water. And the prophet Elisha comes down and says, where did it fall? And he says it fell in there and he throws in a piece of wood and it floats and the man grabs it and they continue to do their job. I guess my opening question is this. Have you ever lost anything? Have you ever had that frustration of knowing I had it a minute ago, but now I just can't find it. It's lost. I can't remember where I put it. And then someone will always say, oh, where did you have it last? And you're like, I don't know. Because if I knew that, it wouldn't be lost. <laughs> you lose phones, wallets, money, keys, keys at my house, the house, at my house, the keys have a house, and a little cane basket where the keys go, they're never there, they're always somewhere in someone's jacket pocket, in someone's jeans pocket, on the table, on the countertop, on the floor, when we lose stuff, this moment here is a man who's lost something, he's been working hard for the Lord, but he's lost something, friends, he's lost not his keys, his phone, his wallet, friends, he's lost his edge, He's lost the sharp cutting tool to do his job for the Lord. It's been a tough two years. I think we can be honest about that. I think we can be upfront about the fact that it's been a tough time. That over the last two years, we have had a tricky time trying to navigate everything that's been happening in our world. It's been a tough time trying to navigate our own anxieties and our own fears, our own relationships, let alone our views politically, where God is, where the church is involved in everything that's happening on a, on a sociological scale. There's so much division, 
points of view. Then there's now the, the conversations around the science and the vaccinations and all of these different things. A month ago, we had the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, all these divisive topics. I think what's important in all of that is that we come back to what's the most important thing for us as Christian believers. And for us as Christian believers, the most important thing that we have is our relationship with God, our walk with Jesus. But still there are seasons where we can feel very dull. There are seasons where we can feel like we're not quite cutting the mustard, where we're not quite right with God or close to Him or walking with Him like we would hope that we would. We can lose our edge. And this is a picture of a man who had a sharp edge but then lost it. And the Bible says that Elisha comes and basically helps him find it. He's able to restore the edge in his life and go on and do what God has called him to do. If you're taking notes, I've got a couple of just simple thoughts about how I want to encourage us to find our edge. Because when Elisha, who was the representation of the presence of God, comes, he's able to restore what is lost. And that is always God's plan for our life. And so if you're taking notes, number one, if you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. Borrow, but only in the beginning. Borrow, but only in the beginning. The Bible says about the axe head that this prophet, when he loses it, the first thing that he says, he goes, oh no, my Lord, it was borrowed. Losing something is so annoying, but losing something that's borrowed is the worst feeling borrow someone's you know coat can i borrow your shoes hey man you mind if i borrow this can i borrow your car hey can i borrow and then when you lose something that's borrowed it's frustrating because you've lost it twice now because what i mean is this if you didn't borrow it and if you just bought it then lost it you would have lost it one time but now you've borrowed it you've lost it you've got to replace what you've lost and then still buy it for yourself which is what you should have done in the first place but i think that there is a time that we can borrow I think particularly when it comes to our walk with God, there is a time where we can borrow only in the beginning to get to a point where we actually have our own. This man had an axe head and the axe head flew into the water. The axe head was borrowed. He'd borrowed a weapon. We need weapons. And in the beginning stages of our faith, I think it's okay that we borrow them. Let me tell you what I mean. I finally, I think, at the age of 38 years old, preaching for 20 years, have finally found my voice as a preacher. I'm not that preacher that's going to give you tweetable phrases. You know, some preachers just preach in tweets. They're on these preaching runs and everything's a tweet and there's alliteration everywhere. That's not my style. I'm a storyteller kind of preacher. But for a long time, I tried to be a kind of preacher that I wasn't cut out to be. But I borrowed from many different voices as I created and built and established and found my own voice. I would say it's not just the same with preaching. I would say it's the same with ministry, the kind of pastor that I am, the kind of leader that I am, the kind of father that I am, the kind of friend, the kind of husband. I've established a voice or an identity in all of those key facets and pillars of my life. But for the longest time, I copied from others. There's a phrase that some people don't like. I don't mind it. Fake it till you make it. People don't like that these days because we want authenticity. Oh, we can't be fake. We've got to be real, We've got to be authentic, We've got to be our truest self. That's fine. But what about if my truest self is to be riddled with anxiety when I'm walking into an interview and I've got to find some confidence from somewhere and that, to be able to put my best foot forward to really get that job that I want? That confidence might not be real, but it might be okay. Because I'm just using it for a minute to get across the line 
my best possible self, even though on the inside I'm so fearful. Sometimes it's important that we fake it until we make it. Sometimes I don't feel like preaching or being a husband or being a dad, but that's okay. I've got to find from somewhere some kind of confidence, some kind of wherewithal, some kind of stickability to be able to keep doing it even though I don't feel like it. Is my feeling really my truest self? Or is the fact that I know it's the right thing to do my truest self? Preaching, marriage, parenting. I've borrowed as much as I could. To the point where these days there are some preachers who online I won't listen to because their voice is already so in my head that if I start listening to them again, I might start preaching them again, like them again, like I did 15 years ago. Borrow in the beginning. Right now, your spiritual, your spiritual axe, your edge is dull because it's been a tough two years. You've been ground down by what's been happening around us. Right now, it's a chance to lean into some other voices. How can I borrow from you? What can I take from you? Who do you trust? Who do you love? Who's doing cool things that you look and go, yeah, I like the way that you do that. Borrow, but only in the beginning. This point is a temporary point, but I think there's a degree to which it's okay. The second thing is this, when we're trying to find our spiritual edge. Number two is remember where you lost it. Elisha asks the man a simple question. He says, where did it fall? And the man takes Elisha to the place where it fell. Here's my question for you today. Where did you lose your edge? Because you've lost it. You're dull. You know you don't have it. But where, where was the time? When was the moment? Where was the place that you started feeling that way? This is kind of like that question, where was the last place you had your keys? Why don't you go back there? And surely back there is where you'll find it. When it comes to our spiritual edge, it's a bit more subtle, a bit more nuanced, a bit more existential, a bit more, um, it's not as concrete, a bit more intangible. But we've got to go back to that moment that we feel like, yeah, this is the moment where I feel like I lost it. This is the moment where I feel like I, I, I sort of began to just not feel myself. Where was that? Go back to that place. You're feeling a little blunt right now. Go back to that place where you were filled with vision. Go back to that place where you had an encounter with God. Go back to that scripture in the Bible or that song that you love. You remember that song, Waymaker, I think by Leland came out. Waymaker, it was one of those songs that when, when, when it comes on, you're just like, that's what I'm talking about. That's that song that makes you feel like God's alive and he's on your side. Go back to those moments. Play those songs that let you get set on fire for God again. You're feeling blunt. Make some changes, small changes in your life and go back to those places. On Google Maps, on Google Maps we drop a pin. In the Old Testament, they would have uh, monuments built for moments when God moved. Go back to those moments. Find those pins, find those monuments and engage again back in those moments where God has touched your life. I will never forget when Hillsong United released the album Look To You. I'll never forget it. Because when they released the album Look To You, every song on that album captivated my heart. I was on fire for God. I had a burgeoning faith in Him and it just was a spark for a revival in my own life. Go back to those moments. Get your sharpness back. Get back in the pocket, in the vein. Go back and find those moments and, and reinforce those conference and camp environments back and be afresh, alight again with God. Number three, once you do that, once you go back and you find the place, where did it fall, Elisha said? Number three is let the wood do its work. Let the wood do its work. The Bible says that Elisha grabbed a wooden stick and threw it in the water. That's a little strange. What, what happens next is even more strange. He throws the water, the wood in the water, and then the iron axe head floats to the surface. That, my friends, is a miracle. 
Elisha has been able to see a miracle take place in the life of this man to retrieve, retrieve what he lost, which is in our context is the edge, because he threw wood in the water. Not every time, but oftentimes when you think about the concept of wood or timber, or in particular trees in the scripture, it can mean at times the work of the cross, because Jesus was hung upon a tree. So when we think about these moments, we're like, maybe what's taking place here? We don't want to stretch it like bubblegum too far, but maybe we can ascertain that Elisha taking that wood, because why wood? What is it about wood? Well, it's the redemptive nature of the work on the cross. It's the redemptive nature of what God has done in our life, that because of his work on the cross, he paid the ultimate price and ransomed our lives so that we can walk with him by the shedding of his blood on that timber, on that lumber, on that tree. So he's taking that work and throwing it into the water and letting the iron axe head come to the surface. Iron in the Bible speaks of pride and ego and hard-heartedness. The iron in our lives is the clinging on to our rights. The iron is the unyielding nature of our hearts, our ambition, the unstable part of us. We're called to be malleable, to be given a brand new heart, the Bible says. Malleable, we come from clay. Originally, we come from dirt. But often we can become very hard-hearted, stone-like hearts, callous, the Bible says. And so when we allow the wood, which is the work of the cross, to do the work in our lives, it lets those things come to the surface. And the search for your spiritual edge, maybe what's taken place in your life, is some of those things like pride and ego, the unyielding nature of our flesh, the hard-heartedness, has started to take over from the good work of the cross in your heart. You've become calloused. We've become hard-hearted. But the Lord is saying to us, let the wood do the work. Let the cross do the work in our lives and let those things come to the surface. Number four, if you're taking notes, reach out and take it. The Bible says that Elisha says, where did it fall? And the man says, down there, and he takes a stick and throws it in. And then Elisha says these words, he says, reach out and take it. There comes a moment in our lives where with God, he, he will lead the horse to water, but he cannot make us drink. There comes a time in our moments where we actually have to take a step of faith and reach out and grab what God has done for us in our lives. You have um, become blunt in this time. I have lost our spiritual edge. We realize where we found it. God's led us there and he's, in, he's engaging us in a process of working on the the ego and the pride that's in all of our hearts to become soft again in his presence, clay in the potter's hands. But we have to reach out and take it. We actually have to take those steps to put in the work to grab what God is doing in our lives. We can no longer be passive when it comes to going after God and finding the spiritual edge that we've found. We can no longer let analysis paralysis stop us from moving forward. Understand that today when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. The work is done. No more striving, no more leaning on our own understanding. But understand too, it's also a partnership that when we lose our edge, God will lead us to a point and go, you know, when, when the kids lose things at my house, like, dad, have you seen my Hello Kitty stuffy? And I'm like, and I can see it. I'm like, well, maybe it's somewhere around the room over here. But the kids have to reach out and grab it. I'm not going to do all the work for them. And God will lead us to a place where we can see, ah, oh, this is where I was on fire for God. These are the things that I did. These are the playlists I listened to. These are the movies I watched. This is, these are the decisions I made in my life that were beneficial. Do those things again. 
Sometimes it's about looking backwards and engaging in that process in order to move forward. Reach out and take it. Let's be a church this year that engages in the process of sharpening again our spiritual edge. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Levi, like I'm, I'm distant from God, don't know him, not walking with Christ. Now, I, I'm not you know, in good relationship with God. I feel like he's distant from me and I'm certainly distant from him. I would love to pray a prayer with you, friend, that could bring you back into relationship with God, that a simple prayer of repentance can reset our walk with God and get our relationship with him back where it needs to be. And so friend, if that's you and you're here, you're saying, I need Jesus. I'm a part of this online campus, I'm here today, but I wanna make that commitment and pray that prayer. So if that's you, let's pray this prayer together. It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I ask you, forgive me of my sin. And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Love you so much. I'm going to hand you back to our online MCs for today. See you next week. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.